It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go-to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high-profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. And I do love this city. 6.05, Monday, you got through the day. Congratulations. If you think about it, you know, the week is like a fifth of the way over. By the time you get to me, there should be a sense of accomplishment. Like, oh, all right, one down, four to go. And for many people, tomorrow's a holiday. I think it's a relatively new holiday, at least for the, uh, the New York City school system. We are celebrating, I believe, it's the year of the tiger. Is that correct? It's the year of the tiger? It is the year of the tiger. And, you know, uh, speaking of the, the Chinese influence here in the city of New York, you know, Chinatown has gotten devastated for so many reasons, uh, like every other restaurant, but also all the courts are right around Chinatown. And we haven't been going to court a lot. And, uh, you know, I saw a lot of video highlighting the Chinese New Year and showing Mott Street. And I'm going to Chinatown. I'm going to go. I, although my restaurant over there is 16 Mott. Don't ask me the name of it. I just know the address. It's right across the street from Wohop, where we go late at night. Well, we used to go late at night because it stayed open all night long. It's actually the last place I had a little, a little scuffle with some firefighters back in the day. It was a lot of fun. Um, that, don't worry, nobody got hurt. But we were, um, we, we, I had a great weekend. Um, you know, the, the promo here is, you know, making the case for the city I love. And I definitely love this city. And I know most of you uh, do. I'm, I'm really had it with the whole Florida stuff. You got to go to Florida. You got to go to Florida. Yeah, I'll go to Florida. I'm going to go to Florida in two weeks for a week to you know, and see some people and enjoy myself. But you know why I know I don't have to go to Florida? Because every time I go to Florida, every Floridian is giving me a sales pitch on why I need to move to Florida. Like, they're all real estate brokers for Florida. You should just move here. You should just move here. Like, I never tell that to people when they come to New York. They, people visit and they're like, oh, it's such a great city. I'm like, yeah. You know, I don't need you here. Like, I'm I'm real happy with the way my city is. I don't need any more people here. But anytime I'm in Florida, like, oh, you should move to Florida. It's the best life. Oh, listen, enjoy Florida, but don't be shoving Florida down my throat. God bless Florida. I know a lot of people. I I, I love love Florida. Love spending time in Florida. They got a a freeze wave this weekend. But as my brother, uh, my older brother from another mother, Geraldo Rivera, when I say Geraldo, why don't you ever go to Florida? <laughs> That's God's waiting room. So um, the weather up here, even though it was freezing in Florida this past weekend, for them it was like 45 degrees. Um, it was pretty cold here, but I enjoyed the snow. I love New York in the snow. I have this little routine where, um, or tradition. I put up all the Christmas lights on my house um, one by one. It usually takes me like two full weekends. It's the real like Italian Brooklyn light up the house. One of my neighbors, who's a very nice Irish woman, said, Arthur, I, I think you need more lights. They really can't see you from the space shuttle. They can't see a house from the space shuttle. 
Um, but I don't. I take the Christmas decorations off, so there's no more wreaths. There's no more Santa Claus. Um, I do leave a big snowman on the lawn. It's like um, acrylic snowman with some lights inside because that's just a winter thing. And as soon as I hear the snow is coming, I put all the lights on, and at night it looks beautiful. Um, so I remember on Thursday I left you, I said I was going to run home and see my family and then go meet a client, which I did. But because of this show, and here's one of the benefits of this show, one of my high school buddies who I hadn't seen in a little while listened to the show. He was in town from out of state and he sent me a text. He goes, I know you meet him with a client. You want to go for a drink afterwards. And there's something special about the excitement of a snowstorm. It's like... Kind of like it gives you an excuse. It's just an excuse from Mother Nature to have a little bit of fun. So first we went to Cebu on 3rd Avenue. And we had a couple of pops there. Then we went down to Delia's and we saw Simon and we had a couple of pops there. And then we did old school. We went to the deli and we bought a six pack. And we walked down to Shore Road to the footbridge on uh, 80th Street that, over, that, that it passes over the uh, Bell Parkway. And I'm hanging out with people who I hung out with doing the same exact thing when I was 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, till 54. And, you know, it's just, it's wonderful. And I, and I do love this city. And, and by the way, the friend, one of the friends who I was hanging out with, he just moved to Florida. He just moved to Florida from Rhode Island, not from, from Brooklyn. But I, we went, Luca, not Luca, uh, little Arthur, who's five years old. We went, we went sleigh riding. We uh, we tried to build a snowman, but it was not good snowman building snow because it was so cold. The snow was so dry. So it was, was we would say it was bad packing. There was not a lot of snowballs going on, not a lot of snowmen going on. It's going to stay that way. Um, but I do need to thank um, a good friend of mine, uh, a mentor, really. He was my, my supervisor in the Brooklyn District Attorney's Office. His name is Joe Petrosino. He was, uh, he's actually the great nephew of Lieutenant Joe Petrosino in the NYPD. He's the first and maybe the only uh, New York City police officer to be killed in the line of duty outside of the United States of America. He went to um, Lieutenant Joseph Petrosino, went to Palermo to work on some organized crime cases, and he was executed in Palermo right in the square. I've been there where he's been, where he was executed. There's big plaques. He's very well known there. He's very well known here, Lieutenant Joe Petrosino. But my bureau chief, Joe Petrosino, when we were in the DA's office and it would snow, this guy had to make sure that his sidewalk was shoveled so perfectly that you could like eat off of the sidewalk. And, and, And he would go out six times to shovel, shovel, shovel. So I called him. As as the right before as the snow ended, um, and before we started doing the shoveling, and luckily he was outside shoveling, and his wife said, "I hate his wife Peggy. She's a doll. She says, you know, I hate when he goes out there to shovel." I heard on the radio that if you're 45 years old or older, there's no need for you to shovel. You should not be shoveling. You're going to grab your tra- chest and drop dead of a heart attack. Well, I got three little kids. I'm not dropping dead of a heart attack because uh, uh, for shoveling. So I started, I said, thank you, Peggy. You made my decision easy for me. So I start looking around for the guys in the neighborhood. Usually it was kids. When I was growing up, it was kids. It was neighborhood kids. And you'd go ring the bell and say, you know, would you like your sidewalk shovel? And our rule was um, if it was an older person who clearly couldn't do it herself or his self, you charge like 10 bucks. I'm talking about like now the early 80s. 
And if it was a person like me who probably could do it but doesn't want to do it, you charge 20 bucks. So first of all, out there, I'm out there for an hour. There are no neighborhood kids looking to shovel. All of the groups of guys who are looking to shovel, they're all immigrants. God bless them. They're all there to work hard. God bless them. English was a little rough. Menomale, you're part of the Daliano, so I speak a little Italian, they speak a little Spanish, and we make the connection. But here's what's really interesting. I show them the, the locations because I, I don't just take care of me. It's me, it's the neighbor, the sister, the parents. So I'm, I'm negotiating. And the young kids who are like probably 19, 20, they wanted an exorbitant amount of money to, uh, to, to do the shoveling. And then the older guy who was there, who was probably around my age, maybe a little younger, when I told him my proposal, he didn't hesitate. He's okay, right away. So even the younger kids, you know, they want as much money as they could, which is understandable, to, to shovel some, some snow. Um, whereas the older guy, he was like, hey, you know, a bird in the hand, right? And they wound up doing very well in one hour. They made a lot of money taking care of four homes. And I, got to, I was the foreman. I definitely watched them and told them what to do. But, I, you know, the part that stood out to me, besides how much money it cost me, um, was that they were no neighborhood kids. I mean, and I was outside on Saturday in my neighborhood for a long time, uh, and then again on Sunday. And uh, I don't know. What does that say about where we are today? Uh, my nephew, who I love and adore, who's 18 years old, well, he will be on Wednesday. We'll have a little birthday party. Like, that. that's not even in their, like, way of thinking. Like, wow, I could go out and make some money, and then with that money I could go buy something. We And I'm as guilty as anyone else. I'm not throwing anyone under the bus. All my friends, everybody, it just doesn't, just the way we live now. Um, that's why, you know, I, I made some comments about immigration and, you know, having, being in, in support of very robust legal, L-E-G-A-L, doing it the right way, immigration, because... Let's face it, folks, they have the fire in their belly. They were the ones out in the 16-degree weather shoveling and sweating, literally sweating. I mean, these were, like, not little jobs. Um, and, you know, you, they are today what my great-grandparents were 125 years ago. And as Eric Adams says, you know, there's no Polish dream, there's no German dream, there's the American dream. And I was kind of watching these kids, and, and I don't know if it was their uncle or whoever it was, but, you know, they eventually in, in an hour and maybe 10 minutes made a pretty nice chunk of change for a kid who's 19 or 20 years old. They were excited about it, and I God bless them. I hope they put it to good use. i just not exactly sure what that says about our generation or our kids who grew up in, in my kind of working-class neighborhood. I mean, no one's going to say, you know, Bay Ridge is the Upper East Side. <laughs> but um, the bottom line is we survived. I had a great time. I loved the snow. My dad made this great soup. I had the soup. Um, Arthur, after we finished sleigh riding, we did the hot chocolate with the marshmallows. So life is beautiful, folks. You got to look at the glass half full, even the hot cocoa glass half full. We're going to talk about Andrew Cuomo in a second. So, it is National Hot Cocoa Day, so you should know that. And you should give your hot cocoa a hug, because the other day was National Hug Day. And you should give your hot cocoa a compliment, because it was also National Compliment Day. I want to know, we get to the bottom of who comes up with these days. But, true story, true, true story. One of the guys who I was hanging out with Friday night, 
um, sends me a text and shows me some photos of some of my antics. You know, Matt Sambolino here, he plays these tunes that get me all fired up. So then I wind up putting them on my car and we, I was dancing around like a nut Friday night, blowing off some steam, and which he, my friend videoed me, and which was great. I wasn't doing anything wrong. I was just dancing in the snow, which was a lot of fun. And he goes, hey, man, you got a minute to talk today? And this was on Saturday, so I'm like, uh-oh, what did I do? Am I in trouble? And he goes, you know, I hear you doing all these commercials on your show for Connors and Sullivan. I got to be honest with you. You know, we, we, my wife and I probably need to sit down with them. I'm like... I think I have enough juice to get you an appointment with Mike Connors. Um, and look, I wouldn't be doing these commercials if I didn't know Mike uh, and, I, and his crew and his lovely wife and had used them for my own services. But and I would I would tell my friend uh, I would tell my friend, don't don't go to this firm, you know, go somewhere else. But I said, absolutely. Next week, I'll set up an appointment with you for you because they're a couple in their 40s. They're. Um, Married with two children, they need to go to Mike Connors and sit down with him, or obviously he's got many of his other lawyers who work for him, and set up their wills, their uh, they, really their overall estate planning, not only with the will but your finances, putting them in certain type of um, legal entities that'll help them avoid probate because you really don't want your estate getting caught up in the, the slowly running right now courthouse. Although I believe the courthouse is going to speed up, so don't wait. You could call me, and I'll call them and set up an appointment for you, or you could call them directly, 718-238-6500. Connors & Sullivan, 718-238-6500. Call my friends at Connors & Sullivan today. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Driving ambition for 40 years in the United States, Mitsubishi Motors sees the automotive industry differently. Mitsubishi challenges convention with innovative approaches in the way Mitsubishi engineers and builds their vehicles. Visit Mitsubishi Freehold today, freeholdmitsubishi.com, or call 732-863-2788. Midnight Oil. This is a band from Australia. And I'm going to pivot for a second because I was going to talk about Andrew Cuomo and the charges being dropped against him. But since we're talking about, and we'll get back to Governor Cuomo, but since we're talking about Australia, first of all, the lead singer of that band, Sam Bellino, you know what his real profession was? I do not. Oh, he's an attorney? Wow. Big, bold attorney. And I was a big, bold attorney who was uh, the lead singer of a band. And one day... Uh, hopefully after Matt Borzi does a little engineering work on one of my tapes, I will grace you all with the presence of the band Rapid Pulse. Well, I can't wait to hear that. No, no, no. You really can't wait. And if you if you really go deep, we'll, we'll, and Joni can put on um, our Facebook some of the videos of me jumping around the Matt stage. Matt has mean, the power to make that all bumper music, by the way. I, I, do. I, I, I do. really thought I was Mick Jagger. I mean, that's the whole Rolling Stones thing. But let's get back to Australia. Uh, Midnight Oil uh, is a band from Australia, led by uh, the singer whose name I used to know. But a pretty amazing thing happened in Australia this weekend. Rafael Nadal 
the man from Spain. I believe he comes from a small island um, right off of Spain. I should know the answer to that. So, you know, he and um, Djok- uh, Djokovic, right, there, and Federer all were tied for having 20 Grand Slam wins. And Djokovic, we all know the saga. He was, he's not vaccinated. And we're going to go into this whole vaccination thing and the legalities of it shortly, but because it's becoming a legal issue in my court, in my office, not for my firm, but we've been getting a lot of calls on it. He's down in the finals. He was ranked, I think, sixth, and he's down to the number two. And he's down two sets to none. And he comes back. And it was an unbelievable, it was almost a six hour tennis match. You know, I mean, I was afraid to shovel a, a flight of steps on a sidewalk. This guy is playing tennis for six hours against another kid who's just absolutely fantastic. And here, here the, the, the only thing that diminishes it, where you could put the asterisks, is Djokovic, who's the number one player in the world, was eliminated from the tournament because of the COVID. The COVID. And, you know, it's... It, I, you, know, you can't blame Nadal, but he didn't go through the best to win that title. And, you know, it, it would have been epic, 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 epic tennis. And, and, and just the, the will and the athleticism of two men who would both have 20 Grand Slam wins, and if they wound up playing each other, to then, you know, beat... To, to One of them would surpass Roger Federer and the loser of the tournament. And unfortunately for... Um, Nadal, he got robbed of that. Djokovic took the high road and he thanked everybody. Uh, oh, he, I'm sorry, he congratulated everyone. And a native Australian won for the women. And I believe that's the first time in Australian history that that took place. And I want to thank Sam Bellino for reminding me that it was Peter Garrett, who was the lawyer, who was the lead singer of Midnight Oil. So that's what was going on down under. Here, a little further north <laughs> from the city of New York, uh, especially compared to Australia, a, the upstate district attorney in Oswego County um, dropped the ca- charges of uh, sexual assault against Governor Andrew Cuomo. And I got to tell you the truth, folks. This is, here's the statement, and I'm calling a little bit of BS on it. Quote, To be clear, this decision is based solely upon an assessment of the law and whether the people can establish a legally sufficient case under controlling precedent. In no way should this decision be interpreted as casting doubt upon the character or credibility of Miss Limiatis or how harmful the acts she experienced were. Okay, now you're talking to a lawyer, (laughs) a former prosecutor. Well, if they believed her, if she was credible, then why aren't they charging him? In other words, this is not a complicated crime. This is not some white collar, uh, you know, you got to dig through and put the, connect the pieces of the puzzle where this dollar went, this check went, this credit card went. This is if they believed that he touched her inappropriately, that's all. Put her on the stand. Put her on the stand and let the jury decide what they're going to do. So basically what they're saying is they can't prove their case beyond a reasonable doubt. Well, if you can't prove your case beyond a reasonable doubt and it's a one witness ID case, that means you don't find that one witness credible. Either that or she went in and said to them, well, 
it's going to be too emotionally draining for me or the uh, the reaction that I'm going to get uh, in the media and in the press and on social media is going to be so devastating. I don't want to pursue it. I mean, if that's what's going on behind the scenes, because a lot of times there are things that we read in the newspapers and we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. And I'm talking, speaking very much from real life experience. Sometimes one of two things happen. Once, sometimes you guys don't know, the media doesn't know what's going on behind closed doors with the judge, with the prosecutor, why certain decisions are made with the law. So they don't, they can't report it. And other times I've called reporters. I said, were you in the same courtroom that I was in? Because what you reported and what happened is night and day. So, it, you know, there are two ways that we could get misinformation. But here, they're, they're talking, the prosecutor's talking out of two sides of its mouth, saying, uh, we, basically, we can't prove our case beyond a reasonable doubt, but that doesn't mean what happened to her didn't happen and it wasn't horrible. Well, if it did happen and it was horrible and you have the witness, then why aren't you charging it? Huh? Folks? Hello? Anyone? Bueller? Bueller? I mean... Seriously, you got to understand, I'm speaking with a degree of of, of knowledge here. 33 uh, 30 years it'll be on November 16th that I passed the bar exam. But I've lived in a household with a a lawyer my entire life. I started interning in in the legal community when I was much younger than uh, even law school. So I'm just telling you, they're not not being straight. They're just not being straight. They're they're, uh, hiding behind something here. So the bottom line is I believe all the cases regarding sexual assault against Governor Cuomo are now gone. Um, the one case that isn't gone is the case of Michael Avenatti, who is who today said, Your Honor, I'm not sure if I'm going to testify in my own defense. Three, two, one. After thinking about it, Your Honor, I'm not going to testify in my own defense. He's going to put on um, some sort of a defense case. Uh, I think tomorrow, and then I think closing arguments are on Wednesday. But here is the big news. Michael Cohen, yes, the Michael Cohen, was in the courtroom watching Stormy Daniels testify on Friday. Well, Michael Cohen is the one who supposedly gave Stormy Daniels the $130,000 that uh, was supposed to be the hush money, so she didn't tell anyone about her interaction with then-Donald Trump. When, and this all took place before he was running for president of the United States. And you guys know the story. He represented her on something else. She was supposed to get 800000 He forged. He's allegedly forged the document and forged her signature and had the money directed towards him. And he's saying he deserves that money. Um, but M- Michael Cohen's there? Why is he there? You know why? These people, folks, they get so addicted to the attention. All three of those names... Stormy Daniels, guilty of being addicted to attention. Michael Avenatti, guilty of being addicted to attention. Michael Cohen, guilty of being addicted to attention. And people look at these people like Avenatti and Cohen as like celebrities. Listen, I visit people like that in prison. They've both been to prison. And I don't care about the nicest federal prison you could think of. You're not there for your kid's birthday. You're not there for the dance recital. You're not there when your mom is sick. You're not there when your dad is sick. It's prison. You ask any prisoner what's the worst part of prison, and they'll give you the same exact answer over and over again. You can't leave. You can't leave. Maybe in one prison you have a nicer mattress than in the other, but you can't 
leave. Michael Avenatti is not a celebrity. Michael Cohen is not a celebrity. These are lawyers who disgraced our profession. They're both disbarred lawyers. They both went sideways. I wish them all good things in the whole world, especially Cohen has kids. Michael Cohen has children. I don't believe Avenatti does, but don't look at them as heroes, folks. They're people who went went astray. All right, I'm going to go breathe, and uh, we'll hear some news. Just for fun, he says, get a job. That's just the way it is. I'm Lou Dobbs. Citrix Systems going private in a deal worth $16 billion. The Dow gained more than 400 points on the day. Spotify tries walking a tightrope over Joe Rogan. Those stories next. Here's some great news. If you miss the deadline to sign up for health insurance or if, like a lot of people, you just have a plan you're not happy with, you still have a choice. It's called MediShare. It's a Christian healthcare sharing program. There are more than 400,000 members now. And they love it. In fact, MediShare has doubled the customer satisfaction rate compared to that of health insurance. And MediShare really is the gold standard when it comes to healthcare sharing. It's been around more than 25 years. Members have shared more than $4 billion of each other's medical bills. Plus, MediShare is for you. It has saved its members billions by advocating on their behalf. Best of all, the typical savings for a family is around $6,000 a year. So if you think you're stuck with a high-cost health plan that doesn't have much to offer, think again. MediShare has a 98% customer satisfaction rating, and you are invited to be part of it. Call now, 877-64-BIBLE. That's 877-64-BIBLE. 877-64-BIBLE. Cloud computing company Citrix Systems will be taken private in an all-cash mega-acquisition valued at more than $16 billion. Citrix makes software that allows users to have remote access to their computers, as well as providing other cloud-based services. On Wall Street today, stocks closed higher. The Dow Jones Industrials rallied 406 points. Podcaster Joe Rogan has come under fire by a number of aging musicians, including Neil Young and Joni Mitchell, who are upset that Rogan interviews a variety of guests, including some who question current policy regarding the China virus and vaccines. Distributor Spotify says it won't drop Rogan, but may apply a disclaimer on some of his content. Ironically, one of Neil Young's hits was Keep on Rockin' in the Free World. Please join me three times each weekday for my updates right here on this station. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Mitsubishi dreamers, designers, and engineers are redefining choices in mobility for a whole new generation of independent, modern, and savvy consumers who want value, like Mitsubishi's 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today, freeholdmitsubishi.com, or call 732-863-2788. News, opinion, passion. This is AM 970, The Answer. Generally clear skies, 27 degrees. What's going on? We have the answer. Well, COVID numbers continue to decline across the entire state of New York. Let's get more from Liz Warner. Governor Hochul reporting new infections dropped by nearly 50% since last week, with hospitalizations down nearly one-third for the same period. 87 New Yorkers passed away from the virus on Sunday. The governor noted we're still not through COVID's winter surge, but she said the state's closing the month in a far better place than it started, urging New Yorkers not to let their guard down and reverse the progress made. 
Regionally, New York City's infection positivity rate Sunday was 4.5%, Long Island's was 7.8%, with the Mid-Hudson at 6.2%. Liz Warner, NBC News Radio, New York. New York City will soon require companies to post a salary range in job descriptions. The bill was passed by council members last year but became law earlier this month. It applies to companies with more than four employees starting May 15th. Supporters say this will help close the gender wage gap. Opponents say government should not get involved and will not help employees or companies. And three Poughkeepsie women now face felony charges for furnishing fake vaccination cards to work in a nursing home. Antoinette Clark, a nurse at Croton Nursing Home, and her two daughters who applied to work there were arraigned in Cortland Town Court for criminal possession of a forged document. New York State health care workers required to provide proof of vaccination for employment. DA Mimi Roca said vaccination fraud is a serious crime that puts others in the workplace at risk for COVID, particularly among vulnerable populations like those in nursing homes. Taking a look at the traffic across the Hudson, 5 to 10 minutes of the outbound Holland Tunnel, still about 20 minutes on the inbound side stemming from earlier issues, 10 to 15 out at the Lincoln, 5 to 10 on the citybound side. Partly cloudy skies tonight, low 22, sunshine tomorrow, high 36, clouds for Wednesday, high 42. We warm it up to close to 50 on Thursday with a chance of showers. Then Friday, some rain, maybe ending as snow, high 48. And now you know what's going on. I am Mike Barker on AM 970, The Answer. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. So, happy Friday. Nope, today's Monday. Happy Monday. It's 633. You can, think, you can see where my head is at. I'm reading and I'm talking and I'm doing everything else. But here's what I'm, here's what I'm really focused on, folks. You hear that story that we just heard about the nurses getting uh, um, locked up for or charged, I should say, with these fake vaccine cards? This is a problem, okay? Listen to me loud and clear. My phone has been ringing last week, this week. Who has fake ID cards? Who's getting fake ID cards? Who's selling fake ID cards? This is a problem. Um, Very sadly, I worked on a case at the end of last week of a fine young man who, um, for various reasons that would seem very acceptable, um chose not to get vaccinated but he's a young man and he made a young man's foolish choice to get a fake vaccination card so when he returned to school and asked if he had a valid vaccination he said yes he submitted a false document there in and of itself is a crime he gets caught falls on his sword and is getting expelled expelled not 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 slapped on the wrist, expelled. And when we were negotiating, it, you know, the basically the the attitude of the school was, you, you know, you're lucky we're not turning this over to the authorities where you would get arrested. And you know, these are students. I'm getting calls from you know, people whose jobs depend on it, and I get it. Like you're you're, it's your job, it's your livelihood, it's your family. Um, and I'm I'm not I'm also not telling you I have the answer, right? I'm not I'm not saying though this is what you can do or should do, but I'm definitely telling you what you shouldn't do. And you just heard it in the news, right? This is not me, you know, beating a drum. This is the the news that, uh, you know, I don't control what you guys are hearing regarding the news. People are getting arrested. I believe a whole bunch of people got arrested in, in Long Island. And from, from schools to healthcare facilities, they're not taking it lightly. So, 
feel free to call my office. Feel free to look me up. We'll give you some free advice. But I will tell you what, what shouldn't be done. What shouldn't be done is that you shouldn't be showing a fake card. And if you have children who have a fake card... If you, you know, someone asked me today, like, well, what would you do if it was your kid? I'd go and I'd rip up the fake card. That's what I would do. I'd go, I'd rip up the fake card and say, listen, if you're, you're choosing not to be vaccinated, I'm supporting you on that. Um, I'm not supporting you on, on not, on, on showing a fake instrument. Go somewhere, like, if you want to go to a restaurant, then go to, I know in Long Island, like Nassau County, you could go into a restaurant. You don't need to show those ID. I don't know what, what the law is in in uh, Westchester or New Jersey, but it's an in, it's an inconvenience. But it's a lot better than having to call my office and saying, you know, my kid got busted or I got busted or the FBI just called me or the NYPD detective just called me. Um, this is a hot button issue. Let's face it. Let's talk about Joe Rogan. Uh, those of you who don't know, he's got like the number one podcast in, in the country and has for a long time. And he he's in the middle now of this big controversy. He did a pretty good job today, or I think today or over the weekend, he did a little um, video defending himself. And, you know, he kind of diminished who he was to some degree. He's like, look, I'm a comedian. Uh, I was in some TV shows. I started this podcast. I had no idea it was going to blow up into this huge uh Millions of, I mean, like 16 million people a month are, are listening to his podcast. I mean, those are huge numbers. Like the nightly news is like 5 million, 6 million. You have 16 million listening to him. Um, so what he's saying is that I had some guests on and then he gave his the qualification of those guests who spoke about the COVID and the, and the vaccines and what works and what doesn't work. And I'm in big trouble for it because he probably is. From Spotify. Now, he didn't use those words, but it's obvious. They paid $100 million. $100 million to be the exclusive uh, providers of the Joe Rogan podcast. $100 million. God bless Joe Rogan. Um, but And I thought he did a valiant job uh, defending himself today, saying, look, I am going to make a concerted effort to triple check what I put out there. However, if a year ago I put out there that cloth masks don't work, I would have been banned. And now everyone's saying cloth masks really don't work. You have to wear a medical mask. And he gave like two or three examples of things had he said a year ago uh, that he would have been in big trouble for saying. And now it turns out that they were true. And that's the problem with this virus is that it, it the the rules kind of keep changing you can look at it in the, the light most favorable to the medical community and say, look, they're learning as they go. This is a new situation for them. Um, just so y'all know, it's Neil Young and Joni Mitchell and Niles Lofgren, Niels Lofgren from um, the Bruce Springsteen band. They're the ones who said to Spotify, you're going to have Rogan on telling, telling things that we don't believe are accurate about the coronavirus then you can't play our music. So what they what Spotify did was, in my opinion, forced him to make this apology, and now they've created a COVID-19 hub on Spotify. So if you want to know anything new about COVID-19, they have their own section on Spotify where you could find out you know, what's going on with the, the coronavirus. So 
They've addressed it. Rogan said, I love Neil Young. He gave an anecdote about how uh, it was his last or his job and he was in high school and Neil Young played a gig there and how much he loved it. And he complimented all of the um, all of the musicians. And you're going to hear uh, a different side of Joe Rogan now when um, he talks about the coronavirus that I could guarantee you because there's probably things in his contract being a lawyer where he could lose a hunk of that $100 million. I'm sure they didn't sit there and stroke him a check for $100 million bucks. It's probably over a decade, um, and there's probably what's called clawback provisions, where if he doesn't do things the right way, they can take some of that money back. Um, in more local news, Jacqueline Guzman, she uh, is an actor, was an actor, um, I know she got fired from her acting company because she went on TikTok on Friday and she ranted about the traffic and the closing of the streets um, for Detective Jason Rivera's funeral. Now, she got really beat up uh, online and then she lost her job. And for a little while, I mean, all kidding aside, she's lucky she has somewhat of a common name. So maybe she could hide um, because that's, let's face it, anytime you get confronted with anything, what do you do? You Google. Let, like, let me put her name in there. And right now, she's absolutely toxic. Um, she made a video and she's like, this street is closed and that street is closed and nobody could get through here. And what's going to happen if, if someone has a heart attack and ambulance can't get through here, this is ridiculous. And then we, here's what she said. That was stupid and horrible. It's one cop. It's just one cop who got killed. We're doing all of this for one cop. That was bad. I mean, that's really bad. And, you know, tomorrow, across the street from our office, and I will be attending the wake of soon-to-be Detective Mora when he gets elevated at the funeral on Wednesday. Um, Jacqueline Guzman, you know, you got you to gotta watch what you put out there on social media because, uh, you know, if you're going to say stupid things, and then, I mean, I, I, I don't know who she was that it went so viral and so got, got went all over the place, but she exploded. Um very sadly, very sadly, um, Miss USA, Chelsea Christ, um, is no longer with us. I've gotten a lot of comments about conversations we've had here about mental illness. And um, this is a great example, a sad, tragic example. But here's a woman who, from outsiders looking in, she had it all. I mean, literally had it all. She's Miss USA. She's a lawyer. She had unbelievable education. She had family background. Needless to say, she's gorgeous. Um, she, after Miss USA, she went on television. She had two daytime Emmy nominations. Um, and she lives on the ninth floor of her apartment on 42nd Street. And this weekend, she goes up to the 29th floor. I'm assuming they had some sort of an outdoor terrace or something. And she jumps to her death. That's that's that that's someone who was suffering from mental illness, um, and she can be compared to so many of the people who we see on the street who are suffering from mental illness. And Anthony Bourdain, and and you know many many others. There are so many other alternatives than suicide, and. There's so much help, especially for her. I mean, you could tell maybe someone who's so ill that they don't even have the capacity to help themselves. 
but poor Miss Christ, she, I mean, she obviously did. She, she was, seemed to be sharp as a tack, and yet she was in so much pain. That's all I could think of. She had to be in so much pain that she couldn't see the light or see the, the avenue to help herself. Um, as I say, the way you could break your arm or break your leg, your brain could break. And, you know, I've spoken to people who that's happened to and they've recovered. But if you need help, there's plenty of help out there for you. Um, her family, her mother is devastated. And our hearts and our prayers go out to Miss USA, Chesley Christ. Okay, stand by for some uplifting news. I'm Liz Clayman, and this is the Fox Business Report. Stocks rallied for a second session to wrap up a rough January, weighed by investors' worries that upcoming interest rate hikes will pose challenges for markets. Tech stocks were among the biggest gainers after getting hammered all month, and the chip sector roared back from the edge of a bear market ahead of a fresh week of earnings reports from some big-name semiconductor companies. The Dow rising 406 points, the Nasdaq up 469, S&P 500 up 84. And shares of Boeing taking off after Qatar Airways ordered up to 50 cargo planes and committed to buying up to 50 Boeing 737 MAX jets. It's a huge win for Boeing over European rival Airbus. And video game consolidation continues to heat up with Sony snapping video game maker Bungie in a $3.6 billion deal. Bungie is the developer behind the Destiny and Halo franchises. That's your Fox Business Report. I'm Hilary Barsky, invested in you. Biden's massive spending plan has expanded America's money supply and taken money out of your pocket. But you can fight back against runaway inflation by sheltering your IRA or 401k with gold through Birch Gold Group. This is Stephen K. Bannon, and I'm proud to be a customer of Birch Gold. Join me. Birch Gold has created a free info kit on protecting your retirement with gold in a tax-sheltered account. Just text the words SHELTER to 989898. Text SHELTER to 989898 and learn how to shelter your IRA or 401k with gold. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored in part by the good people at Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey. America's been thunderstruck by the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Get high style without the high price, plus an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty. Drive one today at Freehold Mitsubishi for best selection and outstanding customer service. Just a short ride from anywhere in the metro tri-state area. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. Progressive Motorcycle presents Road Wisdom from the Motor. Find your balance. Keep riding. And if you stop, put your feet down so you don't fall. Progressive Motorcycle also presents roadside assistance. Progressive Motorcycle, for those who were born to ride. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Monday too. After all that shit 
shoveling and, and snow riding, this is the perfect thing to take you to another place. Nick, I don't, I don't know about that, bro. I didn't, first of all, I didn't do the shoveling. I just watched the shoveling. But uh, well, no. others, the others that did. Apparently, I'm I going. think you got fleeced by the neighborhood kids. <laughs> well, you know, I didn't mind. Inflation, I, I, I didn't mind. I, I would like to add, before we go back to some hard news, I would like to add that um, the, the sled that I was talking about, that my dad saved was my sled. So when we went in Bay Ridge on the big hill on Sunday, it was definitely amongst, I'm not going to say the fastest, but amongst, you know, the the, the new sleds are all the, the plastic. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it from, I don't know, Hassan to tell me if it's a physics point of view, or there's, there's less um, uh, friction. In other words, I just have the two runners and boom, we flew down the hill. Whereas those big hunks of plastic, although... What, what Arthur said when I went on with him and we went really far, he goes, Dad, you know, because you're heavy, we go so far. San Bellino, you'd probably wind up in the water over there. Yeah, you, I definitely you, would. You Absolutely. Jump, <laughs> he'd jump over to Bell Parkway and he hit the well, I'm sorry, San Bellino. I'm sorry. You're a very handsome guy. Um, oh, I think your mic's acting up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know who is acting up? Um, in a good way, I think. The New York governor, Kathy Hochul. Ready for this? Pop. Operation Pop. P-O-P. Pave R. Potholes. So, you know, the New York State got a whole bunch of money from the feds, which is a good thing. She is spending $1 billion for the war on potholes. It's going to span from Atlantic Avenue in Brooklyn to Hurdle Avenue in Buffalo, New York. Um, listen, coming off the FDR today, there are, there are more potholes than you could count. So, Governor Hoko. You're spending that money in the right way um, because that's something <laughs> that makes the quality of life here in New York. It's nice to drive and not have your teeth rattling in your mouth. Speaking of money, tonight following our show, it's a must-listen-to Kevin McCullough show. It's Monday night, Money Night on Monday night, Radio Night Live with exclusive sit-down with economist Steve Moore and insights from Art Laffer. They're the dynamic duo. Normally, it's Hillary Kramer, but it takes two guys to fill in for Hillary Kramer. And they're going to give you the picks that will make you money in this churning scrum of an economy. Um, I listen to uh, The Money Show because, you know, it's, it's on my way home. I listen to Kevin every night on my way home. Um, tonight, actually, before I head home, I'm supposed to be jumping on Zoom as I did what was it Wednesday and Thursday of last week to talk about Michael Avenatti. I go on Channel 5, Fox 5 at 10 p.m., um, and my friend Teresa's been putting me on. Not that I know her, but she became my friend now that we've. this will be my third time going on air with her. Um, so if you're around at 10 o'clock tonight, put on um, Channel 5, and you'll see my bald head, which, Sam Bellina, you know, when I was at Fox News, they used to have, like, Powder so that I, my head didn't shine. And you little have little any? Shine? Yeah, do you have any powder here at the? I, I mean, I could I could look around. I don't I, think I do. But. I mean, I, I, I don't <laughs> think I don't think the sugar and the salt. But thank you for the honey. I've been drinking a lot of honey with water lately. Thanks to you, I'm trying to stay away from the caffeine. Um, speaking of drinking, so I said last week about um, New York is going to have cocktails to go. That's what Governor Hochul's pushing. But guess who's very much against it? And this, I want everyone to think. Do you feel badly for them? It's a little hard to, based on what was deemed essential during the coronavirus. But the liquor stores, their lobbyists have effectively lobbied the uh, state Senate and the state assembly to not allow restaurants. When you order takeout food, you cannot. You, they don't want you to be able to say, yeah, can I get two tacos, two enchiladas and two margaritas with, you know, Cuervo gold? 
they say, no, 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 no. You want your margarita with Cuervo Gold? You got to come to our liquor store. You got to buy the bottle and make it at home. Now, in normal times, I would say, yeah, that really could hit the liquor store. However, somehow or another, somehow or another, liquor stores were deemed essential when everything else was closed, when all the restaurants were closed, when you couldn't have all those people in there. You could have as many people in the liquor store as you wanted to. So, Nick, what do you think? Should you have takeout cocktails or, or you're hurting the, the little mom-and-pop liquor store owner? Well, I, I personally think you should go to the mom-and-pop liquor stores um, because they deserve the business a little bit more so than, than the big chain places that you may be getting those drinks from. And I also I, – I don't imagine – I mean, I guess we'll find out if it happens. There's like a huge demand like, hey, let's order out tonight. Then let's get the margaritas. Like most people, I think, have the beer in the house or the wine in the house or the hard liquor in the house – I don't know. I don't think this is going to hurt the liquor stores, but what's impressive is their lobbying and how powerful it is. Um, it really is because the restaurant industry kind of got caught flat-footed. They thought everything was going to be approved, but what's been re- what was reported into the cover of today's New York Times is that um, what the lobbyists did was they were able to get the um, liquor store industry to give some nice little donations to the assembly people and some nice little donations to the senators so that when the lobbyists call up and say, hi, I'm from the liquor store owners uh, association, they're going to take your call. But that's the way the system works. Um, I did not partake on Sunday of any uh, alcoholic beverages, but I did enjoy both of those football games. I hope... uh, I hope everyone else did. I'm looking at the screen over here, and um, I think the, basically the two underdogs won. Um, how do you feel about that, Sam Bellino? I think it, it was a pretty good, exciting game, and uh, you have two very young quarterbacks. Both first-round draft picks? Both first-round draft picks. Uh, it's going to be fun. I mean, obviously everyone wants the, the veteran quarterbacks uh, in the big game. You know, got to be careful. You can't say the word Super Bowl. No, yeah, why you get big, yeah, It's trademarked by the NFL. Oh, okay. Sorry. I'm <laughs> glad we didn't say it. Yeah, and here's the other big thing. Did Tom Brady retire or didn't he retire? Because we haven't heard from him. There's all these rumors that the greatest quarterback of all time is out or he's not out. It's going to be like LeBron James, and he's going to make his big uh, announcement, announcement on ESPN? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, you know, we shall see. I, I, I did find both of those games very exciting. I thought that um, – uh, when I the first text I got from my buddies who gamble was that they lost money, but on the first game with the second one they said they made it up, and everyone gives me a hard time about my whole gambling thing. Don't you think there's a huge article today in the New York Times about gambling and Gamblers Anonymous and how gambling, how many uh, lives that it's ruined? So it's not just me, and I'm not talking about my buddies out there who are betting two, three, four hundred bucks. I'm talking about people who have a real addiction, and. You know, again, when I brought it up on my first show, I was like, oh, I'm like being a little too harsh on it. And now we're three weeks into it. And here's this big article uh, in the New York Times. It's actually about a guy who has a podcast talking about how his life was ruined and he won't watch any sports. He doesn't want to know who's playing in the big game. And um, I will tell you, going back to the Super Bowl, the first time I and, and, and taking out drinks, the first time I saw the whole it, it was actually drive-through in New Orleans. I went to the Super Bowl. I was the first Super Bowl I ever went to. It was right after 9/11. So 9/11 was September of, of 01, and this was 
uh, February, maybe, yeah, February of 2002. And because they pushed the NFL season back because of 9-11, Mardi Gras and the Super Bowl overlapped. So Nolens was out of control. I believe I, at one point I was wearing a pink wig and a pink boa walking down Bourbon Street. But, you know, when you're in New York, we're kind of compared to them. We're like, we're stuffy. We're uptight. And when I got there, a friend picked us up and they're like, you want something to drink? And we literally went through a drive through I mean, I'm over here. I had just been a prosecutor putting people, you know, not putting people in jail for DUI, but prosecuting people on DWI. Now I'm a defense attorney helping people with DWI. And and I'm now in a town after a three-hour plane ride, an an American city, where you're (laughs) you're driving. And you're like, hey, can I get a daiquiri for the road? I remember it was like daiquiris. It was, um, (laughs) I mean, it was, it blew my mind, but. They say in New Orleans you, you let the good times roll, and it's 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 its own little atmosphere. Oh, and and that Super Bowl was amazing because of September 11th and the security fears. We had to get to the game at like literally 11 o'clock in the morning. But they had a lot of activities for you. I mean, you were almost strip searched to get in, and that's the only time I could really remember rooting for the New England Patriots because it's right after 9/11. New England was the underdog. The Rams had won the Super Bowl the year before. Uh, no one, Brady wasn't the phenomenon that he was, and it's the Patriots. They're the red, white, and blue team. Uh, and they wound up winning in dramatic fashion at the end. And it was a, a memory that I'll never forget. Actually, my buddy David Haig, who owns Gentleman Quarter in Bay Ridge, he has a picture of me and my partner Billy Santo hanging up in his office because he was at the Super Bowl with us. He's the one who actually brought us there. And yes, I think I'm, no, I'm wearing purple wig with a purple boa, and Billy's wearing a pink wig with a pink boa as we walk the streets of Bourbon, still licking our wounds from the tragedy of 9/11. Well, we got Monday night in the books. Kevin McCullough's coming up to talk money. You should stick around for that. I'm sorry I said today was Friday, but shows you where my head is at. I hope everyone has much fun this past weekend as I did, and I'm sorry the weather didn't get warm to melt some of the snow and some of the ice, because things get a little ugly now, but it's going to be chilly for the next couple of days, so stay warm, be happy, and I'll have some hot cocoa. It's hot cocoa day. See you tomorrow. The preceding program sponsored by Freehold Mitsubishi.